you may or may not be interested in what I'm interested in. And that is the glorious and inglorious steps in evaluating one movie against another. Everybody in the industry knows that of all the movies I've made over the years, my personal favorite is 2000 Maniacs. Why would that be? I haven't analyzed it to the point of, of psychiatry, but I will tell you that 2000 Maniacs was deliberate, where Blood Feast, the one that immediately preceded it, was almost accidental. With Blood Feast, we had no idea whether anybody would go to see this movie or not. Then feeling some shame at how little we had invested in a movie that was really, to use trade terms, knocking them dead at the box office, I said to my partner at the time, Dave Friedman, what if we made a good one? Now, I'm not sure you would regard 2000 Maniacs as a good one, but compared to the effects we had in Blood Feast, it was certainly a gigantic improvement, not just in the effects, but in the amount of time we put into making this movie, the kind of movie we wanted to make. Now, as you're about to see, 2000 Maniacs is the story of a little southern town that 100 years after the Civil War gets even. Unlike Blood Feast, really, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and some philosophical thoughtfulness to it. So I hope you enjoy 2000 Maniacs as much as I have enjoyed that movie over all the years between the time I made it and today. And thank you for looking. Once again, make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinema Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film. When you look at the state of the world around you and you realize how little time you have left to be happy, do you really want to waste that time you have left listening to Cinema Psyops?
consecutive week of cinema psyops i'm your host court the guy whose lung power continues to increase despite how much craziness he is vaping and joining me all the way across the city of omaha is my less capacity lung powered co-host matt you don't know that for sure i could have real powerful lungs have you heard my voice you'll fuck yourself with that god damn it You blare out like a horn, but it's a small canister on there because of all the smoking. Okay, I haven't smoked in over a decade. (laughs) I have photos of less than that. So I'm fine. I've caught you. Everything's fine. I got it on photo. I took a photo of you smoking a cigarette not not too awful long ago for blackmailing you with your insurance company, which I never did. God, that must have been still a long time ago, though, (laughs) because I can't remember it. Yeah, yeah, I barely, I don't remember the year either. We're getting so fucking old that we're going to have quibble debates over things that don't fucking matter that are inside references and people don't even give a shit and they wonder why we're even talking about it. Yeah, pretty much. But that's how people are. We're we're almost an old bickering married couple at this point. <laughs> I think at this point, we're like the two old Muppets that sit up in the rafters and argue who also may have just been an old bickering yeah. married couple as well. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that is probably us. Yeah. I can't see the show. No, you're the lucky one. <laughs> Let's talk about Pablum that's going to definitely excite everybody. That new Laura Gemsner box set that yes. Severn's putting out. The uh, Adventures oh. of Black Emmanuel, like pretty much all of her movies on one box set. It's oh. ridiculous. Dude, now that's a franchise fest I could get behind. <laughs> well, see, here was the thing, right? Literally. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can dive deep into it, literally. Um, <laughs> deep, literally. Deep into it. I'm sorry. When a lady tells me deeper, she better be talking philosophy because I don't. I can't get. 
I can't magically go any deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What I was actually going to say is the really interesting part about this and what was actually what I wanted to kind of do. We've been doing deep dive box sets lately where we just kind of go through the entirety of the box set. And that was like the full franchise fest we were doing here with uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. And we're doing 2000 Maniacs this week on that. But like next year, I was going to do another box set um, like deep dive that wasn't really going to be a full franchise fest. It was just because it was so many movies. We were just going to do this huge, huge deep dive, right? And yeah. at the end of it, I was like, I was like, and here's your reward. We're going to start, you know, Gemsner, blah, blah, blah month, whatever month that was going to be whenever we finished up that box set. I and, think it was the last May Mateus when you said I was going to. Yeah, no, I did say that, but what I was. I at, rewarded. Right. But what I was initially going to do is after we get through that is when I started that initial month and that's when the reward kicks in, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm like, let's just stay on the deep dives of the box sets because this Laura Gemsner one is coming soon enough. And however long it's going to take, this other box set that we're about to do is going to cover that for next year. So year nine is going to be essentially we do this box set, we get it out of the way, and then the rest of the time we're going to spend in that Gemsner box set until the year ends. There is no, there, I mean, there ain't no, how many movies is in this box set? I don't know, but it's however long it takes, we'll just go through it. We're just going to, however, gonna, however, long, this however is, long it takes, we'll suffer. Yeah, this, this is what, it, this is what it is, right? From here on out, this podcast, I guess, is going to be a deep dive into all of Court's box sets of yeah. movies that of anything that I haven't covered or anything I feel like covering it doesn't fucking matter but we're going to do box set deep dives for a while is what we're going to do I don't know if that makes us elitist snobbery of podcasts or just I own this shit I haven't watched these I'm going to make sure I watch every single one by putting it on the show it's it's a really good way to make sure you didn't waste money on something you never got to watch <laughs> right we're gonna do this fucking show anyway and everybody else is going on the, on the ride with a yeah. with it for us and we've after this we're at nine years we've done nine years of this podcast we might as well be a little more self-indulgent and just fucking go out there and we've do been, whatever we've been doing this shit for nine years at the end of this run, yes, we are now in 403. When we hit 416, that will be nine official years that we have not missed a week of podcasting. Good God almighty. Yeah, dude, we got to do 10 shit now. We did. If we don't get to 10, I don't even know what we're doing. Yeah, like now now it's an imperative, right? And if we're going to ha- if we're going to just be driving towards 10, yeah. this is basically what it's going to do. Um we've got a schedule that'll be able to keep you doing the show and if for whatever reason you miss out, I've got fill-in shows, but from now on out what we have scheduled I'm going to have to move numbers around, obviously, but from now on out, what we have scheduled, if you can't record, I'm not going to just go ahead and record the Gemsner movies without you or the other box set movies without you. You and I are just going to do deep dive box sets. And then I have other episodes I've been doing is like specials that got released Patreon only. And if I need a fill in episode, I'm going to dump that out. That'll be the next number. And that Patreon episode will become a regular release episode with main feed music and everybody will get to hear it. And it'll be filler for that week, but it'll be the next number until I can get you back on the show again and we do more do- box set deep dives. That's basically how this show is going to go from year nine on. That's my plan because we're trying to make it to where you can have somewhat of a life but still enjoy this hobby and have a good time. And I think we've got a really good compromise on that to where we can still have you every week. But I'm also not going to push it because like, if our yeah. plan doesn't work, we're going to have two weeks go missing at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be bad. <laughs> right. Right. So like, we need to kind of figure out like a way to make it work 
work and and to keep it working. So I'm just going to start and I'm I'm podcasting more. I'm getting into it more. I'm spending more of my time doing it. So I'm I'm happy to, you know, uh, record with people and do shows for them. But also I'm going to start just having guests and doing specials for Patreon only and then putting those in the can for whenever we need them. And the more of those I can build up, the better. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's the problem for this fucking week. I think we padded out this episode enough. Uh, this is an hour and 27 minutes of pure fucking joy. Yes. 2000 Maniacs. 2000 Maniacs. Except for, you know, that song in the beginning, which is just fucking I hate the South. <laughs> Wow, it's really funny that you mentioned that because the song for the pirate radio edit this week uh, for it's, the very it's gonna first be the song, song from the gonna, beginning of the movie. Yeah, and I'm going to include that on the main feed as well because it's a part of the movie and uh, it's in the promotional materials like the trailer and stuff. So I think it'll probably be okay to get away with for the main feed. And uh, after that, the band 10,000 Maniacs yeah. will dominate this show because they stole their name from this fucking movie and then changed it because apparently 2,000 wasn't enough. <laughs> but, no, you got to have 10,000. All of You're going to go 2,000. You got to have 10,000. 10, bigger than 2,000. <laughs> and hopefully we can squeeze in a story time. But up first, Legion Patreon ad, and then the theme from 2,000 Maniacs. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet. My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now... Back to the cutting room. There's a story you should know from a hundred years ago, and a hundred years we've waited now to tell. Now the Yankees come along, and they'll listen to this song, and they'll wake in fear to hear this rebel yell. And they'll wake in fear to hear this rebel yell. Yeah! Oh, the South's gonna rise again. Yeah! Oh, the South's gonna rise again. Sorts of fucked up. E. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So a guy. Again. I mean, no, it's not. Okay, H.G. Lewis wrote that. He's a dude from Chicago, and he wrote that just for this movie, but I think when the South was rising again in this case, he's talking about, like, from the dead for vengeance or something. I don't know, but it feels really tone-deaf and awful, and regardless of what the actual original meaning is, this feels just gross to listen to, but it is a promotional material. It is all through this fucking movie. You gotta deal with it. And also, it's supposed to label them the bad guys, so being 
bad guys would sing that kind of a song. Yeah, well, they're definitely the the Southern folks in this spoiler alert. Everyone are one hundred percent the antagonists. They are all awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, they should be singing that kind of song. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We got to get into this. So the first 20 minutes of 2000 Maniacs. Right. The film opens with a car being spied for its license plate, and because it's from the north, another dude is signaled to send that car on a fake detour. This is all set to the theme that H.G. Lewis wrote for the movie as well. That group of folks that was turned off the road arrive at a town called Pleasant Valley where people are flying the racist flag of the Southern Insurrection as slave owners. That's right. We know that this can't be great for this carload of folks because they have a northern license plate and the rebel flags everywhere just have to make you worry. But you know what? These kids are all stupid, apparently. I don't know, man. Uh, I see that many Confederate flags and I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> and by the way, I don't take detours on road trips. Those are also stupid things to do. We watch the title pop up of 2000 Maniacs and it cuts back to the proper road sign being put into place and the detour removed until the northern license plate is found again because the South is apparently looking for some kind of revenge. We then see some kids manually pull up a noose tight around a cat's neck to kill it. The cat has someone's name on a tag tied to its tail. So this must be some form of symbolic death. I didn't quite pay it close enough attention it's an off it's also it had to be a black cat it's an off-screen death and it's also heavily implied but those kids are fucking evil and this place clearly sucks Mm -hmm. big time more cars go by with southern license plates and are let past as the spotter pair then see another northern car come and spring yet another detour trap on a couple in a convertible who follow the sign things get reset and it starts again as the couple drive onto a dirt road and there is finally fucking dialogue i don't have to type anymore and that's our first clip now what do you think this means well it means detour lady and this looks like a lousy road well i don't know i don't like the looks of this it doesn't say how far the detour goes well want me to drive i'm more than just a hitchhiker you know i just happen to be a school teacher who happened to have a little car trouble and it's lucky for me yeah well don't make me feel sorry i picked you up back there From the looks of this, you just might be glad before the trip's over. They continue on and are greeted by the town of Pleasant Valley with waving happy crowds and a shit ton of racist insurrectionist flag once again. And holy fuck, dialogue, our next clip. Get out of here, you little creep. You all clear out of here, Billy, here. (laughs) Arthur Buckman, mayor this here town. The great little town of Pleasant Valley. You all traveling? Why ask, Mr. Buckman? Why away to Florida? You all on vacation? No, wait, wait, wait. Just what's going on here anyway? Are we under arrest or something? I mean, what the hell's going on here? And where are we anyway? <laughs> you just keep your pants on, boy. You're not under arrest. You're right smack dab in the middle of Flint Valley. Isn't he, folks? Yeah! I'll tell you this much, though. We've been waiting on you. Ain't that right, folks? <laughs> You've been waiting for us. Why, you pretty little Yankee gal. I didn't say waiting for you. I said waiting on you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I better get to the point. This boy looks like he's going to cloud up and rain all over. (laughs) Well, folks, here's the happy story. 
Winds here in Pleasant Valley are celebrating the little old centennial. Yes, sir, we are. <laughs> and you folks are the guests of honor. Now, how about that? I'm not sure I understand, Mr. Buckman. Well, then you better listen carefully this time. We're celebrating something that happened over a hundred years ago. It's a big deal around here. And part of the ceremony is we get us some strangers from up north. You get everything free. It's an honor, Damon. Now you come on out of there for a second. <laughs> There's nothing sus about anything going on here at all in these two clips. What? These people see perfectly reasonable. I'm happy to be here. The entire town leads these travelers around in a parade of cheers that goes on for fucking ever, and Connie and Bill arrive in their car for more of the same and our third clip. By dingy! We got ourselves some whole business for the centennial. That makes sense. Yeah! You go tell Lester and Ruth we got ourselves a guest of honor for the centennial and we don't need us no more. Well, what's the matter? Well, ain't nothing the matter, miss. Everything's fine. Just fine. More Yankees for the Centennial, huh, Mayor? That's right, mister. <laughs> well, now, miss, you and your mister here... I... He's not my mister. He's a perfect stranger named Tom White. Well, well now, miss... Uh... Adams. Terry Adams. Well, Miss Adams, if you know his name, he's not a perfect stranger now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> My name's John Miller, Miss Adams. And if you'd like, I'll be glad to take this, this hitchhiker for you. And I'm B. Miller, Tom. I'm married to that animal. Don't worry, you can always hitch a ride with me. <laughs> Our guests are rotten neighborly, ain't they, folks? <laughs> Say, uh, would I sound stupid and ungracious if I asked uh, what this is all about? I'm David Wells, and this is my wife, Beverly. I'm not quite sure, Mr. White, but it looks like we're guests of honor at this centennial. Us? Well, why are we guests of honor? Can't think of a prettier guest of honor than you. You big, handsome Yankee, you. <laughs> You're blushing. Why not relax and enjoy it? Okay. I will if you will. <laughs> well, our guests of honor come right over here. Now, some of our guests ain't sure yet what this shindig's all about. So we better get started with our centennial. Rock, folks! Yeah. 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 Now, it's been a hundred years, but what we're celebrating ain't important. What we need are guests of honor. And you all are it. <laughs> now, for the next two days, you're all gonna be guests of the town. You're gonna have the best hotel rooms, the best food, the best entertainment, and it's all on the house. Yes, sir, you're all our guests. <laughs> and we're gonna show you some Southern hospitality. <laughs> I reckon this is one celebration you're all gonna remember as long as you live. Yes! Holy folks! This here is Rufus Tate. And this here is Lester McDonald. Rufus here is head man of this celebration. He's general chairman. And Lester here, he's program chairman. We got us some good ones. 
dog if we don't. Now we got us a big barbecue to start things off tonight. Get our guests down to the hotel so they'd be in too shape for that barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, Let's get them checked in. I uh, say, Mr. Buckman. Yeah? What is it, son? Well, we'd like to stay for your celebration, but, well, Miss Adams and I have to be getting on. He's not only a hitchhiker, he's a party pooper. You all want to leave? You can't. <laughs> of course not. Only two days. You'll have the time of your life. Thought you all didn't know each other. They ain't gonna leave, are they? Of course not. I tell you what. You got someplace else to be, is that it? Well, uh, I'm due at a teacher's convention in Atlanta. Tell you what. We went to a lot of trouble to get you all here. We don't give up so easy. You can say that again, Al. Yeah, as soon as you get to the hotel, you all send them a wire, tell them you all be there in a couple of days. We'll even pay for the wire, won't we, all of this hoopla leads to the Northerners' acquiescence to the false hospitality of this town, and they are led to their hotel rooms as the crowd raids their luggage out of the trunks and everything. The crowd wanders off, and there is more dialogue and our are you clip. <laughs> fucking kidding me? <laughs> Strap in, it just gets worse from here. I'm proud. You think we ought to go out and get us a couple of special guests of honor? Master, we got a six, just right number. You all know the rules of the celebration. Got a six, Yankees. And boy, we're gonna have a centennial celebration to make old Robert E. Lee himself proud. Yeah, but we could slip back and, and get us some more and kind of have our own private centennial. Hot dog! Yes, aren't you the sneaky one? <laughs> Maybe we could get us a couple of uh, private guests. Now, boys. You know all the rules of the centennial? Sure wouldn't look good for the general chairman and the program chairman to be in business for themselves, now, would it? Well, well. Now, now, we need six guests, and we got a six. Enough fun for everybody. Now, tonight's the big barbecue, and we need a special guest. Now, which one of the six you all want? Oh, um, let's get us one of them gals. Yeah! That's their big one, and it'd be you're the head man tonight. Right. But his suggestion, though, All right. that little old gal, she seems to like Hopper Alexander. And her husband, he don't mind looking at Betsy Gunther. So you have Betsy entertain him. And old Hopper, he can take that little old gal on a walk, get her ready for the barbecue. This cross dissolves into the six northerners looking out the windows of their free hotel rooms, and then they go to the inside of the hotel rooms. More dialogue resumes, and our fifth clip. Such a strange little affair. It's almost like Halloween. <laughs> this is better than Halloween! It's like John C. Calhoun's version of Trick or Treat. Why, yeah, we gonna provide the tricks, and them folks up there, they gonna provide the tricks. <laughs> Isn't this the damnedest thing that's ever happened to us? Johnny boy, the way we live, everything that happens is the damnedest thing. Well, honey, you gotta admit, all this, we're the guests of honor. And it's free, too. 
who warns her little boy blue that anything you can do i can do better that's why i stick to you <laughs> ah, it's so much easier to tell the story just uh, letting them fucking talk yeah just watching the movie you mean <laughs> he takes off for the promise of some strange and that is the end of the first 20 minutes well we listened to the whole fucking thing <laughs> yeah so <laughs> Yeah, what about it? All right, so yeah, they're taking a, the first 20 minutes. They definitely take all of their fucking time setting up and making sure that you realize that something bad is on the horizon for everyone, but you don't know when the shit is about to hit the fan, but you know it's coming soon. And everything about the way that these people got lured into the town and the way that they're treated when they're there creeps you out. And it just continues to build a little bit of tension. Like, yeah. you know what's going to happen. You know something bad's about to everything happen. Yeah, everything is very off-putty, and you feel tension, 
And it, it does a good job of building that tension. Yeah, I think it does an excellent job, actually, of building up the tension for the first 20 minutes, for sure, because it's just letting you kind of be lulled into not necessarily a false sense of security. But if you, you know, if you don't realize why they're directing the northern people from the town here, like you think it might just be like practical jokes if you don't know what's about to happen. But like you clearly know what's going to happen just even from the marketing details of the film, like, well, like posters and stuff that you'd seen. And uh, it still lets you sort of, I don't know, get a false sense of hope that maybe it's not going to be as bad as I thought. You know what I mean? Or maybe they're not going to show this or maybe they're yeah. not going to do that. Like it, it tries to have it that way. And what's the coolest part about this is it's sort of another one of those first of its kind because it's it's like him taking a soft run at doing the exploitation stuff that we're going to end up covering next week because Moonshine Mountain's the next film and uh, that most certainly is a exploitation style of film. And uh, the, the, the folks that are in this town are supposed to be like, you know, rarefied country folk, I guess you could kind of say as well. And it's setting up that, you know, maybe it's not going to be as vicious as what you think. And maybe things just then get out of hand or whatever, because they are super polite and they, I mean, they're creepy and you know, they're up to no good, but they are so easily disarming of these people by playing the fool to them. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, but the whole time you're watching this movie, it is, and especially in this first 20 minutes, you were just ramped into when's the other shoe going to fall? When's, when's that, you know, when's that boot going to come stomping down on someone's throat? You know, that it's the, the waiting for everything to get fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is a hundred percent um just the way that they set it up. And you can tell that this is much more carefully crafted and much more well thought out of a film. And I'm very proud of what Herschel Gordon Lewis does here. And it's no wonder that this is his favorite film, as he said in the intro, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can tell. He he babied this one. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive into the next 20. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. So the next 20 starts with the dude meeting up with his would-be swinging adventure. He puts the moves on the lady and she fakes being into it. With the dude gone, it's now time for the lady to get suckered into her fake romantic tryst to become part of the town's latest plan as well. And it's dialogue and our sixth clip. Anybody want to make a bet? Go ahead. Ring. Okay, Harper. Mrs. Miller? Just a moment, please. I have a call for you. Go ahead, Harper. Hello? Is this Mrs. Miller? Mrs. Miller, this is Harper Alexander. We saw a met a little early this afternoon. They're gonna get a lot better acquainted, I bet. <laughs> well, I'm right flattered. Do you remember, Mrs. Miller? It was only for a minute. But I sure remember you all right. You was that pretty one. Huh? Sure, I'll call you B. My name's Harper. Well, if you're on the official welcoming committee, I guess it would be... Oh, Johnny will be gone for a couple of hours? Well, um, why Harper? Well, I wouldn't want you to look bad with the welcoming committee. You'll have me back in time for the barbecue now, won't you? Why, Bee, honey, y'all won't miss the barbecue. I guarantee you, you'll be there. Five minutes, I'll meet y'all in the lobby. <laughs> What'd you say? She don't want to miss the barbecue. <laughs> 
when she ain't there, there ain't gonna be no barbecue. <laughs> Give me those country boys every time. B, I reckon you're the prettiest gal I ever seen. Uh, tell me something, Harper. What do you do when you're not having centennials? Let me show you something. Feel that bleed. Where's my honey? Let's feel how sharp it is. Go ahead, feel it now. Oh! You! It takes it a while, but when it finally fucking goes there, it fucking goes there. Yeah, yeah, and it, it goes like big. <laughs> like and this is right after the first twenty minutes of setup, and now you're just—it's just like a smack in your face. Yeah, with that last little scream that you hear, he is cutting off her thumb, and this is inarguably a much more carefully crafted effect than Blood Feast had in its entirety. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> Now the real story of what's about to happen with the town also starts to unfold because he just cuts her thumb clean off just for fun. <laughs> yep. We fade just to make him suffer. We fade to black and fade into the mayor and the dude taking care of the woman, quote unquote, taking care of, in that they keep frightening her more as more dudes come in and drag her up on the desk. They lay a board out from underneath her arm to protect the desk, and then they hack off her arm with a rusty old hatchet. Damn. The shock of this either kills her or she passes passes out i don't know which but she's definitely dead and we hear them cheer and state that they have the maiden of the barbecue i think is what they said but whatever they are going to murder all of these people because they are northerners for a reason no one has explained yet yeah yeah totally and uh yeah but yeah she definitely did yeah her eyes are all wide open and shit she looks almost as silly as the chick from uh, Blood Feast. You can tell, you can tell Horsha Gorgonos' yeah. sense of humor can't help but trip through here just a little bit more still. <laughs> the film cuts do, from... Do, do a little something. <laughs> yeah. The film cuts from this scene to our next clip. Who is it? Tom White. I'd like to talk to you. Just a minute. What's the matter? Just the minute. Just you know as well as I do. Something told me about this centennial. You're just imagining things. They're treating us like kings and queens. And we're the guests of honor. Yes, but why? Has it occurred to you that nobody has told us what this centennial is all about? Now, this is 1965, and 100 years ago was 1865, right? So, what happened in 1865, today? It was the end of the Civil War. The war between the states. Well, then you tell me why would a southern town want northerners as guests of honor at a centennial? It must have had something to do with the war a hundred years ago. So something's very wrong in this town. Well, what should we do? Something I should have done hours ago. See, there's a teacher's convention in Atlanta. Starts in a couple of days, too. And I know that some of the people are already there. See, I put in a call to someone I know, and he's a specialist in American history, too. 
And then I'll tell him what's going on. And if you can't give me the answers, well, at least he can know where we're at. And if, well, if something's wrong, that's powerful ammunition. Uh, operator, I'd like to make a long-distance call, please. What do you mean I can't make a long-distance call on this phone? Can I send a telegram then? Well, how do I get word out of Pleasant Valley? No, no, never mind. Thank you. You know, I can't make an issue out of this because if I do, I'll know something's wrong. Say, have you got any change? I think so. Why? Well, there must be a paid telephone in this town. I'll find it and I'll make that call, even if I have to disguise my voice. Here. Oh, hello, Lodge. This is Mr. Scrag. I'm putting in a call to my cousin, George Markin. Uh, yes, he's at the Tower Hotel in Atlanta. No, I don't know the number. Uh, yes, uh, I, I, I know he's there, so just give me the hotel, please. Uh, yes, sir. Huh? Uh, this here number is uh, 727J. Yes, sir. Thank you, ma'am. All right, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You're all welcome. Uh, hello, is this the top? Uh, excuse me, is this the Tower Hotel? Uh, would you please connect me with Dr. George Markham? Please, yes. George Markham. He's from Chicago. He's there for the teacher's convention. Yes. He's not re... but he must be registered. Well, I know he is yet... Well, yes, let me speak to the manager, please. Say, so, is this the manager? I want to talk to Dr. George Markham from Chicago. Well, I know he's registered there. Oh, not until tomorrow? Well, uh, I tell you, would you let me talk to, uh, well, anyone, yes, involved in the uh, registration for the teacher's convention? None of them until tomorrow? Say, are you sure this is the Tower Hotel? Say, look, this is extremely urgent. Yes, uh, when uh, Mr. Markin checks in, tell him to call a Mr. White. That's Mr. White, and I'll give you the name of the hotel that I'm staying at, yes. Would you please put this down? Have you got a pencil? Yes, well, now here's what you tell me. What he's actually saying for whatever the message is is hidden under that lame-ass scare cord we heard at the end, and then he exits the phone booth. The film cuts to reveal he was talking to the mayor of the town and that no one is going to help Mr. White at all. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it was a pretty good southern voice he was able to put on, though. <laughs> the film cuts to a town barbecue with a mighty fine picking and a singing as the town is clearly roasting a mannequin arm that is supposed to be human. From the missing thumb that's clearly there, that is probably the first lady victim's arm. And yes. the whole town is... Singing 
singing and there are some of the northerners that are clueless that's out there and just having a good old time at the barbecue the mayor welcomes the northerners and more music kicks up there is commentary from the swinger couples traveling companions that's kind of judgy about them being swingers and it points out the lady is missing and presumed full of dick while the dude is drunk and looking to dip his wick with some whiskey dick of his own <laughs> missing and full of dick that was nice she's presumed <laughs> missing and full of dick yes that leads to our eighth clip mr buffman hmm? what is that on that spit over there oh that's nothing that's just part of the centennial uh, symbolic i think that's the word that it is I don't think you ever explained to me just what the centennial is all about. Well, it's a surprise. I'll tell you tomorrow. Say, where's that young fella of yours? Tom? Yeah. I wish I knew. And by the way, he's not my young fella. <laughs> oh, come on now. I know you two are sweet on each other. We're sort of hoping that we can have an engagement party as a climax to the centennial. <laughs> Mr. Buckman, yeah. I hardly know him. His car broke down, and I gave him a lift. We were going in the same direction. Well, he's a nice young fella, ain't he? <laughs> yes, he is. Very nice fella. Lester and me can't find him no how. Excuse me, ma'am. I, I got some business to tend to. Will you go up the all right, so Bill Kerwin disappeared, so the town has to go looking for his character. And he sneaks up on Connie Mason's character and leads her away to a plaque that reads the following in our photo that I had to take and read out. In April 1965, a group of renegade Union soldiers laid waste the village of Pleasant Valley and killed and mutilated many of its citizens. This marker is a memorial to the gallant citizens who gave their lives and a testament to the vengeance pledged in their memory. And somebody actually made a plaque that said that. <laughs> Somehow. It actually looked like an actual plaque. It was the most nicely made thing in the entirety of the film. <laughs> hey, that's not nice. But it's accurate. And this leads to our... It's accurate. This leads to our next clip. What? What does it mean? It means this centennial is a centennial of blood vengeance. It means that it means we're here to be killed. Come on, fast! They are found while they take off and pursued by the town folk, and that is the 40-minute mark. <laughs> well, excitement, death, swingers. This movie has everything. <laughs> Judgy friends of swingers that, like, look down on them for their lifestyle. Uh, the weird thing is, is, like, the couple seems like they get super jealous, but, like, the way that they're talking about it, it's like they are playing at being jealous, and it's a competition between the two of them to see, you know, who they can, like, who can score more whenever they go trolling for, you know, strange. <laughs> well, she, she's gonna win. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how any couples have that competition. That's not even a competition. <laughs> Yeah, because if there is a dude that exists that's into chicks, they will sleep with a chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's really true. <laughs> that's I mean, that's not work. What'd you say? Please now. <laughs> right. It's like T-ball. Yeah, that's why she's presumed missing and full of dick. Yeah, <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. So the story's developing. The mutilations. Um, clearly, her would-be severed thumb was the mannequin thumb. They cut off ahead of time. They did the gore yeah. and everything. But 
they matched up enough blood on her hand and they made it look believable enough with the little chunks of meat and things that they added that basically they took what they learned from Blood Feast and they spent a little bit more time crafting it and making it look more carefully like a severed thumb. And granted, it's not anatomically correct and no, the meat that's sticking out doesn't look 100% right. But in the moment and for as long as they show it, your brain goes, yep, that's gore. And the blood looks less real in this than in Blood Feast. I think there was something off with the color timing in this, but all the colors seem off in this. Yeah, but I mean, listen, and, and if it's anything, uh, you know, for the time, it, it was great effects. Well, it's the first of its kind. They're they're breaking ground as they go. Yeah. No one was doing effects like this except for maybe that's in true. theater in yeah. Grand Granal. And the effects that they're doing here in Grand Granal and theater for as far back as you would have to be to view the play uh, would have worked just as well, if not better. So, you know, they're, they're, they're coming up with this as they do it and figuring out how to make it work. <laughs> so it's it's groundbreaking effects is the easiest yeah. way to can put you believe, it. Like, can you imagine some guy taking his lady out to the drive-thru? Let's watch a scary movie at the drive-thru. Did they get this? <laughs> they had no idea what they're in for. They're like, oh my God. I know most people like have all of these plans on what they would do if they had a time machine. I would go back to when these played in drive-ins and I would try and go to the drive-in to try and gauge reactions from oh, folks. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. That would be a fun time. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should just move on to the next 20. Probably. <laughs> the next 20 starts with Connie and Bill fleeing for their lives as they realize this is now blood vengeance time for the supposed slaughter of the people of this town 100 years ago. The pair successfully give the townsfolk the slip, and then it cuts to our next clip. Folks, y'all excuse me. I'm supposed to take you back to your hotel. We got us some mighty big plans for tomorrow, and y'all gonna need your sleep. Well, thank you very much, Harper. Why not at all? My pleasure. What about him? What man? Y'all need to worry about him. We're gonna take care of him, too. Wake up, yeah, boy. Huh? What? Where's Betsy? Where's B? You ever been to a horse race, boy? Huh? Horse race? You all's gonna be in a horse race. Hey! It's part of the centennial. I don't know how to ride. Boy, to be in this race, you don't have to know how to ride. All you gotta do is know how to pray. Hey, hold it down, everybody. Hey. 
It's just ain't much of a horse race. Let's needs a weight. Hey, you're right, Ruth. Yeah, you're right. Up, Ruth. Okay, fetch me some water. Fetch some water. Hey, let's. Johnny boy, enjoy the race. No. No. Ah, ah, get up here. No. Ah, ah. No. At least they got him drunk before they did that to him. Jesus. Yeah, man. They. He's. He's really. Uh. He's all in pieces about it, though. <laughs> As you guessed, he is quartered by the four horses as the town cheers on in murderous glee. Some of these town folk act as though this they feel guilty about this and it kind of kills the mood. But one of the leader guys demands music. The crowd sings. Look away, Dixie. And then it cuts to the following morning where the surviving northerners are awakened by being serenaded by the southerners with some folk music. And the wife is super worried and apprehensive, as you would be. And they both think something is up. The husband tries to reach out to the other survivors and is met with a freaking runaround from the front desk in our next clip. Apparently we better get dressed and clear out as soon as John and B get back. The desk says they're off for a walk. And the other two, uh, Tom White and Terry Adams, they're out for a walk too. What time is it? It's only 8 o'clock. If you ever know John Miller to get up before 10 o'clock? And from the condition he was in last night, it'd be a miracle if he were up before noon. And if he did get up, he sure wouldn't feel like going for a walk. Judging from yesterday, even if everything else were true, John certainly wouldn't be taking a walk with his own wife. Let's get dressed. He sure was a mighty fine horse race last night. <laughs> but today's gonna be even better. Because the program committee does put together a modified show. <laughs> Boy, I'm a little worried about this here school teacher. He don't like us none. He gonna like us even less after tonight, though. <laughs> Is he in his room? Yeah. He didn't even spend much time with his gal after they got back. I don't want to wander around. Watch him close, yeah? Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching that Terry Adams. That's one Yankee girl that's got a lot of class. By night, all that class gonna be drained out of her last day. Howdy, folks. Hope y'all enjoyed your breakfast. We entered y'all's official escorts today. What happened to Mr. and Mrs. Miller? Well, I'm not going to stop for Y'all don't stop for Okay. 
The boat ride mentioned at the end of the clip there turns out to be their dismembered corpses in bags being dumped into a swampy bog outside of town. The film fades to black from this and the male is led to what is called the barrel roll and he is coaxed inside of it where they then hammer in a ton of giant nails before rolling him down the hill inside of the barrel full of nails. (laughs) The sequence takes forever but the implication is pretty gruesome and the blood covered nails and the corpse at the end is convincing enough and it kind of works but this is probably a little dated but again for the very first of its time so inventive so fucking creepy and pretty horrific yeah yeah it's not not good (laughs) the whole town is finally getting into the swing of this murder spree as they pull out his body and dump it in the swamp as well it cuts from this to someone sitting watch in the teacher dude's room or just outside the door between the teacher dude's room and the other lady played by Connie Mason and so the teacher dude played by Bill Corbin crawls out the window and sneaks over to Connie Mason's room. Connie tricks the watcher dude into her room and Bill Corwin clubs the dude and they get ready to tie him up and gag him. They then escape out the side door in the hotel in the hopes of finding Connie's car. They are seen and pursued as they run away in what is obviously a padding scene to get us to this 87 minute runtime. This goes on for ages forever. They even fake a quicksand scene that lasts all of seconds. The pursuer falls into the quicksand and Bill almost goes back to save him but then thinks better of it. This ends with the two of them exhausted by the waterside and Connie washes the gunk from the quicksand off of her legs in a very cheesecake scene because she's really hiking the dress up for everyone to see her thighs. Yeah, yeah. Scandalous! They cut from this to a tower in town with a giant boulder on top of it where the surviving lady from the car of four asks what's up and fuck it dialogue 12 clip. What's that? Can't you see? That's old teetering rock. I sure wouldn't want that to fall on me. I sure wouldn't. I don't like this. Get that, folks. She's the guest of honor. And she don't like it. the guest of honor and uh, we're gonna ask you to do a little judging for us judge what am i supposed to judge you're gonna judge just when old, when old teeter and rock's gonna fall yeah <laughs> you can't judge too good from from right here so we've kind of got you a better point of view right here Centennial, 
You've got to abide by our rules. Now be good here and lie down there so we can get started. Otherwise, these good folks here might not like it none. Y'all wouldn't want him to get nasty now, would you? No. Oh. But you said, Daniel, but I'm just not the right person for this. Oh, oh you're the right I'm... person, all right. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll settle this argument right here and now. Yeah, we done yeah. laid a lot of plans. Yeah. yeah. You think this thing here was easy to build? Yeah. Now you're going to help us with this centennial, we're going to help you. Yeah. No, I ain't kidding you now. It's a right important ceremony. You want to help us one way or the other. You want to know a little secret? I know you do. Yeah. Now lie down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Come on, Mr. Buckman. What are you talking for? I said I don't show it. I know. It's just to be sure you don't change your mind. Yeah. They get her tied down, and they vaguely mention the newfangled softball, which is a weird thing to say. It's been around for a while, so maybe they're trying to hint at something. Then they play this game of toss ball, and they try to hit the thing to drop the rock. And this goes on for far too fucking long before the rock finally drops and kills her. And all the town folks stare where some look like they feel somewhat guilty. But then they start smiling, and then they all start cheering. The woman is confirmed dead, and that is the end of the full hour. Carlota Four is already gone, and the only ones we got left are Bill Kerwin and Connie Mason, who are supposed to be our romantic leads. Yes, yes. And everyone else is missing, presumably dead. <laughs> no, no, they're all dead now. We, we've confirmed yeah, it. We've seen I mean, them all dying on screen. The other people don't know that. <laughs> it was only yeah, the one I mean, we know. that was presumed full of dick. The married couple was confirmed to be dead. <laughs> Good times. Good times. Yeah, the film definitely is starting to set something otherworldly up here as well, because you have that plaque that just happens to be there in the middle of nowhere that apparently none of the townsfolk were worried about or knew about or cared about to cover up because it kind of gives away the game as to what they're doing and why they're there. And uh, then you get the feeling that maybe something's up because the guy said this newfangled thing called a softball. And you feel like maybe they're trying to set up some kind of like haunting ghostly thing here. Like you definitely get that hint, but it it goes a lot more ham-handed with it at the end, but I think there were a few subtle clues they tried to mix in, like to really give you some intrigue that maybe, you know, they aren't aware of the time frame that we're in, especially the uh, older style phones and things that were there. Yeah, yeah, they or, or they're aware, but they just don't care. <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's, it's a weird thing to try and mix in here at this moment, like all of a sudden, and it gives me some feeling of like with Blood Feast where you felt like a lot of it was just kind of forced and trying to find a way to get it all wrapped up with a loose story and I think they were kind of doing the same here where they're like well how can we make it to where these horrible townspeople could possibly keep getting away with this over and over again you know yeah. why, why Why is this something that they can do and it being okay like how are they getting away with it that's the only thing I can think of as to why they would do it that way yeah it's that I agree with you I think that's about it alright so are we ready to move on to the final uh, 27 the whole finishing act of the film let's let's get it let's get it done <laughs> the final act starts with Connie and Bill Death desperate to find her car and then a kid comes up to be irritating as fuck I had to suffer through it doing the notes so all of you do too for the review that's our pent ultimate clip look it's a little boy uh little boy come here will you please what y'all want Yankees look uh what's your name Billy well uh Billy uh 
You like candy? Sure do. Got any? Why, yes. I got a whole big box for you and the rest of the kids. But uh, I'd like to give it to you first uh, so you can take all you want before the rest of the other kids get it. Gimme. They ain't getting any. Well, uh, before we do that, uh, we got to know where it is. Uh, and it's in our car. You know where our car is? Sure do. Down at Lister's Garage. Fixing to take it apart after Centennial's over. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, Billy, before they do that, uh, we better get the candy out of it, you see? So, uh, uh, why don't you take us there, and then you can have the candy and take, you can take it all. Well, uh, y'all follow me, here. I reckon the folks have a fine time on a boat trip. Yeah, you promised them a boat trip. Now they get Let's see now, what's left? We done saved the best till the last. That boy Tom's gonna judge their phone contest. I got a real sharp blade. Yeah. I, I, I get first though. Listen, I got as much to say about that as you do. I get first Now though. wait a minute, now wait a minute. There's enough fun for everybody. When the time comes, we'll toss a coin. One of you can have first throw with the axe throwing contest, and the other can have first chance when that little old Yankee gal runs the corner tonight. Candy's in the trunk of the car now. If you get me the keys, I'll get it for you, okay? I'd rather drive. Billy, you like to drive? Oh, my pa won't let me. Look, because this is, uh, well, you know, a special holiday, if you get the keys, I'll let you drive. You know where the keys are? Sure do. Up in the front office. I can drive this here new car? Yes, we'll let you drive, but find the keys. If you wait too long, it'll be too late for you to drive it. Well... I hope he finds those keys. But, Tom, what if he doesn't? Well, if he doesn't, look, Terry, now look, if he doesn't, I'll run out, try and draw their attention, and then you slip down to the highway and try and get some help, okay? But, Tom, we should both try to escape. We'd never make it, honey. Look, don't worry. We're not cooked yet. What's that? Sounds like they're looking for us. Look, honey, you better hide now. Go out and give them a run for their money. Tom, look. What's that noise? Oh, uh, that's nothing, Billy. It's just some people. I want to see. Billy. Billy, if you don't come here right now, you won't get the candy or the ride. But I want to see. Billy, right now. Right now or it'll be too late. Yeah. Come on, get in, get in. Look, Billy, it's no fun driving here. I'll let you drive 70 miles an hour on the highway, okay? 70 miles an hour? Yeah. Hot doggy! Centennial's just about over anyway. 
Ain't nobody gonna be around here. Them nice young people, they're liable to wind up in the loony bin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but, but what about Billy? Well, I sort of wish they'd keep him, but I got kind of a nasty feeling he'll be back. <laughs> oh, boy. With that, we see the car flying down the dirt road with the old beater covered in townsfolk in fast pursuit behind them. This is another padding chase scene that goes on for a very long time. Bill Kerwin stops to move the limbs blocking the road that will get them out of town and then tosses the kid Billy out of the car to get back onto some asphalt and haul ass on down the road. They apparently go far enough away as the town folks stop the pursuit and pick up Billy to drag him back to town. This crossfades to our final clip. Folks, just settle down and take it easy for a minute. Now let me understand all this just once again. This town, uh, Pleasant Valley, is that right? Pleasant Valley. I'll never forget that name. And just where is this town? You say it's off Highway 202? It's on a side road about 20 miles from here. What's the matter? Don't you know the towns in this county? Now, mister... Let me tell you something. You best just settle down for a minute. That's what you better do. Tell you what, before we do anything else, I'm going to give you folks a breathilator test. A breathilator test? Officer, do we look drunk? Now, mister, I just ain't about to argue with you at all. Now, you go right on over there and get yourself a seat, and I'll get the equipment. Now, if you ain't drunk, then you ain't got a thing in the world to worry about. Or maybe you, uh, refusing to take the test? Sir, we have... Well, Ruth, you know, we didn't do so bad. I don't understand this. Now I know there was a road here. I know it. Todd, what's happened? Have we gone crazy? Now tell me, how could they cover the whole road? Well, mister, I don't rightly understand it all either. Now I reckon you know why I had to give you that there test. There ain't no Pleasant Valley in this county, or in the whole darn state, as far as I know. I told you we were there. Well, mister, I've been around these parts near about all my life. Now do you think for a minute if there was a place called Pleasant Valley around here that I wouldn't know about it? Sure is peculiar, though. Yes, sir, Ree, it's mighty peculiar. Look, here's our tire tracks. They come from over there. By gum, they do now, for a fact. Suppose we just have a look in there. How far is this town supposed to be, anyway? What's about a quarter of a mile? All right, let's go. Let's stop now. I can't go any further. Look, officer, I don't know how to convince you of this, but... Well, we're not crazy. Mister, I didn't say you was crazy. Nothing like that. It's just that I think it's mighty peculiar. Well, what's peculiar? Well, to tell you the truth, they do tell a story around here. The reason I just didn't send you on your way in your first place. The reason I come back here with you is on account of that story. What story? Well, this town, uh, Pleasant Valley. There used to be a town by that name, all right. Used to be? Yeah, there used to be a town by that name, all right. Back during the war between the states, a bunch of Yankee soldiers came through and, well, as the story goes, they, they wiped out the whole town. They ain't been a town by that name, I reckon, in a hundred years. But it sure is peculiar. It's mighty peculiar. Can we, can we get out of here? I don't like this place. 
Well, if you ask me, I think what you folks better do is just get in your car and drive on away from here right now. I sure do. Most peculiar thing I ever heard of. I don't think I ever want to drive down that highway again. Look, Terry, I know people won't believe us, but, and I don't even know if there was a town there or not, but I do know one thing. It wasn't a dream. Look at this. Where did that come from? Billy left it in the car. Souvenir. Look, Terry, try to forget about it, huh? Think, well, pretend it was a dream. But, Tom, those poor people, I know they killed them. Terry, we don't even know where they came from. If we read something in the papers about some missing persons with those names, we'll write an anonymous letter. I know I'm going to write a letter to every authority in the state, and maybe somebody will take notice of it. Tom, if it weren't for you, we'd probably be dead by now. Well, anyway, it's over. Where are you going? Oh, pick up the pieces. I still have to get to Atlanta, you know. Some of my luggage is in your trunk. I'll make it. Get in. What? I said get in. Now what? Now drive. Where? To Atlanta. After all the trouble you've been in. I don't want you out of my sight. And after all the trouble I've been in, I'm afraid to let you out of my sight. If we get there early enough, maybe you can show me the town before the teacher's convention starts. You serious? Drive before I change my mind. I hope we have us in the centennial as good as this a uh, hundred years from now. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be as good as this. But we is gonna have one, all right, Ruth. I wonder what the place is gonna look like. I, I sure like those automobiles. <laughs> I wouldn't worry none about that. Next time, we're uh, likely to have rocket ships right in the center of Main Street. Rocket ships? By cracky? M maybe we get one of those rocket ships and change all those Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better get to sleep before the deadline, or we ain't gonna be around here a hundred years from now. Let's get. Come on out of there, Hopper, you hear me? Sometimes I think old Hopper ain't right bright. <laughs> no, he ain't like you and me. Come on, Hopper. It's time. It's time. Hey, wait for me. The Brigadoon knockoff racist insurrectionist wander off to hell, I suppose, and then credits roll. <laughs> Okay, so they were a slaughtered town and it's all Brigadoon at the end, but it's like for vengeance and bloodshed and death and pain and everybody's unhappy and yay, I guess. Yeah, it's it's just that they no one was defeated, they just escaped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't win, they didn't lose, it's just that a couple of them got away because some fucking kid got greedy and wanted more candy. Yeah, so always find the kid, always offer him the candy. <laughs> uh... Flip. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't sound all that great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Herschel Gordon Lewis is bringing out the worst in this uh, uh, yeah. show for sure. Uh, this is, while I enjoy Blood Feast more, I enjoy it more for the chaotic, insane mess that it is that just somehow forms together and makes a movie. Uh, this is a lot more methodical, a lot more planned out, and a lot more went into it. It's still using non-actors. In fact, it's actually the folks where they shot in Florida that show up at the end that they talk about 
up, like where they thank that town, a lot of those town folks are just playing the roles of people of the town in there. Oh, wow. Uh, and I think the mayor was even the fucking mayor. I'm not 100% sure if that's the truth or not, but he was clearly a great public speaker and they all had a blast. You could tell that the everybody that was in this film was just having a good old time pretending to be evil and mutilating people for fun. Yeah, uh, that, that would probably would be a good time. <laughs> I think the evil that these folks do is softened by the fact that they themselves had been slaughtered, but the fact that they're always talking Yankees and all that matters is just if you're from the North, they're going to kill you. You don't have to be descended from the people that slaughtered them or mistreated them or anything like that. It's just just this blanket every hundred years. They're going to kill six or so people for what has happened to them. Um, that's, for a barbecue. Yeah, that's pretty fucking evil. Although we got to talk about it. The yeah. barbecue is pretty much a precursor to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, how they're acting. Like there's a template here for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you look, I I agree. You're 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 very correct. There is a, a really good uh, precursor to that. Yeah. Definitely. The people wander off where they shouldn't and they go where they're definitely not welcome in that, but you switch it to, you know, they're tricked there. I mean, they pick up a hitchhiker and they're going because of something that happened uh, in, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The graveyard that's being desecrated is the graveyard where the grandparents were buried. So they travel there as a group out of concern. But in this case, you know, uh, they end up where they ended up because they just got tricked there and then bamboozled. Yeah. And I love the inversion of Southern hospitality where they are essentially you know welcoming and inviting but what they're really trying to do is just disarm you and put you at ease so that they can dismantle you one by one i really found that aspect of the storytelling interesting yeah i did too i thought it was uh it's great it's, i love the the dread of it i i remember watching um the documentary on horror movies in 2000 maniacs was brought up and someone said it the best and i totally agree with it uh the the scary thing is is you're surrounded by all these people you're horrifically outnumbered there's no way you could possibly fight them the only thing you can do is escape and i like that yeah yeah it's a great way to put it as well and uh it's funny to me that you didn't even realize the remake of this was even a remake that 2001 maniacs no i knew that oh you did know it was a remake i knew two, yeah i knew yeah. i knew 2001 maniacs was a remake of 2000 maniacs because yeah. 2001 maniacs doesn't sound right <laughs> It has to be a remake of an original movie because no one just comes up with the number 2001. (laughs) Well, it was released in 2001 was why they did the remake when they did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. uh, (laughs) No, I knew. I knew that this was based on a. I didn't know that the movie was from the 60s, though, the original. I thought it was like a uh, more of like a 70s or uh, 80s horror flick. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Because I did see the, uh, I I saw the remake first. I did see 2001 Maniacs first, but I knew of 2000 Maniacs. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I knew of this because of the tape on Blood Feast that I told you about that was the first way that I saw Blood Feast where Joe Bob Briggs was hosting it. And he mentioned basically the same thing that I've said here where Herschel Gordon Lewis took what he learned from Blood Feast and realized, hey, if people really love this one and it was super popular, how much would they like one that I actually took some time on and tried to make a little bit better and spent some more money on? And that's why we get these great elaborate set pieces. The cheapest like bullshit death is really kind of like the nails in the barrel and then rolling the barrel down with a mannequin in it and then cutting to it later where the guy's covered in blood. I mean, like the arm chop, even though it's a quick edit, is they took some time and really built up a nice fake looking arm with a mannequin arm. The finger being cut off looks really really good. And then when the rock falls, they actually have the camera there with the rock falling on it for part of the scene. And then you see the crushed lady afterwards. They edit that really well. And that death works really well. So the barrel race one is kind of the only disappointment. And it's really not even that bad because the implication 
enjoyment of it doesn't disappoint at all. It's so fucking grotesque. Yeah. And I was going to say that I thought the horse, the the guy drawn quartered by the horse, you know, that was kind of a easy one to do as well. Yeah, but it wasn't cheaply done. It's still they because they didn't really show anything. Yeah, but they basically buried his limbs in holes in the ground and then made like fake things afterwards, like once he was torn apart. And then they didn't even really show that they could have done that. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, but other than that, I mean, yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, it's super entertaining. This is probably about the seventh or eighth time in total that I've watched 2000 Maniacs. I don't tend to watch it as much because the fact that it's like the South will rise again and the Confederate flag that's all over it kind of makes it really, really hard to watch. But when you realize that they're the bad guys the entire time anyway, it makes it easier on rewatches. And now I can play the song and not even really worry about it because I'm like, yeah, they're about bad people. Yeah, they're (laughs) bad people. So bad people would probably sing a song that's bad (laughs) that makes sense all right so do you want to try and do some news or you think you got something you could tell for a story time just make something up or just well not make something up but just pull something out of your ass from your history and we'll we'll just we'll just tell some kind of bullshit story to pad the show (laughs) okay well now i'm gonna have to tell a story (laughs) (laughs) okay just think of something like literally it doesn't have to be anything you're literally just telling a story so all right so we're gonna do actual story time now we're gonna take a break we're gonna play Ten Thousand maniacs cover of because the night when we come back we'll have a story time the 10,000 Maniacs for our very first story time with the brand new thing being played. That's not true. I edited it in. But anyway, it's story time. All right. Story time. Story time. So I chose that kind of loungy music that you just heard there for the first time because I wanted it to be something that I knew you would definitely enjoy for a little break signal as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's nice. It's real nice. <laughs> All right. So do you have a story for story time or do I have to pull one out of my ass so that you can then tell a story? Uh, no, I, I think I want, I, I'll tell the story of when I first uh, what uh, 2001 Maniacs. All right. That works. Uh, yeah, it was late night and, uh, I was really just cruising TV, uh, one of those nights where you just can't really sleep at all. And I was just cruising TV and all of a sudden I see Robert England talking with uh, the most horrific Southern accent and wearing an eye patch. An eye that patch that had, had a Confederate flag eye on patch? it. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I was going to say it had a Confederate flag on it. Right. All right. So I was just like, oh, all right. So, um, uh, that's cool. <laughs> and, uh. Anyway, and I'm like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta get into this now because, you know, what the hell is this guy doing? And, um, then I, I, cause I didn't even see like the name of the movie yet. So I didn't know it was called 2001 Maniacs. I, you know, I didn't know any of that shit. So 
I'm uh, kind of watching it, and uh, I caught it like right at the beginning, and uh, right in time to see the girl get drawn quartered by the horse, which was a really good effect. And I went, "Holy shit!" Apparently, we're in for some shit in this movie. <laughs> and I stayed up way later than I should have watching <laughs> it, and got no sleep, and had a shitty day at work the next day. But I severely liked that movie, and it finally showed 2001 Maniacs. I went, "Holy shit! It's a re- it's a remake of 2000." remake 2000 maniacs that's nice and i just remembered though i had this overwhelming feeling of the dread that we talked about in the movie that it got to the point where it was even hard for me to go to sleep because you you have that feeling of you know you're you're surrounded in a town that wants you dead and to have you suffer horrifically and it's 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 fucking freaked me out like really bad. And then that's when I went out and decided for the first time to watch the original 2000 Maniacs because <laughs> I, I'd heard of it, just never watched it. But it fucked up my night of sleep, uh, fucked me up at work the next day. Uh, I, I, it was not a good time for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Those are the experiences that I absolutely love. So uh, I'm going to yeah. piggyback off of yours and I'm going to tell a little bit more of a personal story because I'm I, I'm not going to try and I mean, me watching uh, 2001 Maniacs has no nothing to do on that one. So I can't I can't go along with it. But like I said, we're going to just tell yeah. stories. That's what this is about. It doesn't fucking matter. And it, we can get a little more personal yeah. with it. So some of my fondest memories of me bonding with my dad, let's go that route where I got to like get to, you know, be closer okay. with him or whatever. There was a time when I was I think. I think I was like teenager. So I want to say it was like maybe my freshman or sophomore year of high school and it's a summer and, you know, I can't sleep at night. So I'm up all night anyway in the summer watching movies and TV and stuff. And um, my dad comes upstairs because he had heartburn or something like that and get to get some Tums or something for whatever reason he's upstairs while I'm flipping through channels and the Billy Jack movie Born Losers comes on. Right. And my dad's like, oh, is this Born Losers? Like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I was going to go to bed, but I don't no, man, this is a really good movie. So he sits down. He's like, hey, you should watch this. And my dad starts like geeking out and having this memory of like watching it as a kid and how all this stuff that's about to happen. He's like kind of spoiling things for me and telling me like what's about to happen in the movie, like because he's like super getting into it. And like, that's the first time yeah. I ever got to see Born Losers. And while it's not that great of a movie, and I mean, it's not the best Billy Jack movie, but it's always going to be my favorite because I will always have that memory locked in my head of my dad geeking out over this biker film that's <laughs> called the barn losers and just like telling me the story about watching billy jack as a kid and how impressed he was by it and like how much he was into it even as a kid oh that's cool <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. And I've actually covered the Born Losers uh, on Obsessive Cinema Discourse with oh, uh, nice. Boz and with. The I've never Witch. seen it. Uh, well, you've seen Billy Jack. Yeah, I've never seen it. You, no, we, uh, we covered Billy Jack with Bo on yeah. the show. But you've never seen Born Losers because we just didn't go back because yes, I'd already covered did. it on OCD. Um, no. I could I could tell you a little bit more about yeah. uh, the the moments that my dad freaks out because when I'm watching the movie, I can remember the things that he was telling me. Um, and like just how it was just the first time I'd really ever oh, seen okay, my dad geek out about anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, that would be a fun yeah. thing to cover and then try and remember about the first time that I watched it for that story time if we actually cover it so it's fresh in our minds. You know, that'd be kind of a fun thing to try maybe. But there we go. Yeah. 
Uh, this is quite the. That would be yeah. This is quite the extended episode. Now we got a story time in. Let's fucking close it out. Let's just be done with it. What do you think? Let's. Let, I'm with you. Let's do it. All right. So we're gonna play the ending Legion promo, and then after that, we're gonna have ten thousand maniacs with their song. These are the days. And when we come back, we will close out this fucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts. Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Go Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. they took the name 10,000 Maniacs. It is the most mellow music I've ever heard. And this is probably the first and only time they'll ever be played on this fucking show. I was getting into it, though. <laughs> this is very he's got a hell voice. <laughs> yeah. No. A hell of a good voice, though. Yeah, it's just not for me, man. It's way too fucking no, mellow yeah. and it no, makes yeah. me feel edgy. I don't know. I just, I need angry music to feel good because happy music <laughs> makes me feel angry. Either. Happy music is it allows you to think a little bit too much. Loud music, man, it's just drowning out those nasty little voices inside your head. <laughs> well, if you'd like to find the previous 402 instances where I've had those nasty little voices in my head, and then I've been there the entirety of my life, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast, or just do a Google search for cinema psyops, or just search in your local podcatcher for cinema psyops. We're going to pop up. You're going to find us. You're going to be able to subscribe and listen. Yeah, and it'll be a good time. You'll have fun. We promise. If you'd like to have some discussions about my feelings about seeing Evil Dead Rise, I would recommend hopping on the Legion Discord chat because I'm going to write a small mini court review right there right after this show at some point in time. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I just watched it. It was fucking great. Oh, okay, good. I, yeah. I keep hearing it was great. <laughs> Let's go ahead and just do the quick rundown of the memes and get the fuck out of here. First, it's posted to Instagram, Cinema underscore Psyops, and it's shared to the Facebook page of Cinema Psyops, then the Facebook group of Cinema Psyops, and then onto my main feed of Court Psyops. Yeah, yeah, all that makes sense. You're doing great. <laughs>
<laughs> well, while you're out there being the encouraging co-host you were always meant to be, kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bit. What's up, dude? Jesus. Uh, ready to rock and roll. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, if you don't do the roll part, you don't even rock. <laughs> uh, I suppose so. Man, I feel deaf today. Yeah, I, I can't hear anything. Really? Check, check, check. Yeah, can you hear me okay? I, I hear you just fine. All right, I'm just going to take my hat off and just let my head be cold. What the fuck? That way at least I hear everything better. <laughs> it's freezing yeah, in my that, house. Maybe you shouldn't have spent so much time at those rock and roll concerts. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm going to get you set up to be able to record so you're ready to roll <laughs> All right. recording in progress Woo, one two three did you get your internet thing sorted or are we Let's gonna have get more dropouts? southern i hope we don't have more dropouts but if we do we'll handle okay yeah the recording the last time where we where it was in a bunch of different files it saved it really weird because the internet was blipping out but hopefully we can hear you just yeah fine, like last time here on my yeah um yeah yeah, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure you can just hear me from your house at this point, but... <laughs> that's, uh, that's also true. Um, if it if it doesn't get resolved, um, I may have to have you do Audacity um, back, even if, you're just using okay. the, even if you're just using the tower or just internet without loading up new software into it and just going with the Windows 8. I just gotta, with it. Yeah, I just got to get a, a, my own router and uh, connect it up. That's that's pretty much it. But, yeah, yeah, we worked around uh, it last unlike, time, but it's easier with Skype. And yeah, unlike last week. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, unlike last week, I haven't had any internet dropouts lately. Like I had been having when we first got it. So I don't know if it just took time to, I don't know, not be a piece of shit. But okay. Uh, there you I, go. I do know that there, for some reason, since you switched providers, we're on a little bit of a delay, it feels like almost, to where like I don't hear you for a couple seconds when you're talking, or vice versa. I noticed that happened pretty bad last week with Scum of the Earth, so just a heads up. Okay, there. that's fucking weird, man. Yeah, whatever. faster internet with... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, I blame the government. Yeah. I just think their router that they give you is shit. Their NLT thing or whatever it is I, is fine. It's just that their router, the, the fucking VLAN tagging on it or whatever it is, it just doesn't work right. So you always have to replace it is all. Everybody I've ever known that has gotten fiber gotcha. with this VLAN tagging shit has had this problem until they get their own router for some reason. <laughs> they make the money on renting Ooh. a shit router. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, right. Thanks. You're fucking dick. 
Yeah, there's definitely a delay between us, and I'm pretty sure it's that router. That's what happened when I had it. Remember, we had all that trouble like a year or two ago when I switched. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it replaced this week, so we don't have that problem again. All right. Well, I'll keep the recording with uh, you talking on your side just to make sure everything's cool. And uh, if that's the case, then I'm not going to do the trick that I was going to use. I'm going to move the clips over to my side. The clips were nice and loud. You can hear them just fine. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. um, I'm going to uh, get the show on the road. So here we go. Three, two, one. (laughs) Missing and full of dick. That was nice. She's presumed (laughs) missing and full of dick. Yes. That leads to hold our on, you, clip. You can't, you can't, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Why is that so funny? What, missing and presumed missing and full of dick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, you play the clip. <laughs> you have a minute to get yourself together. In our next clip. <laughs> I know most people like have all of these plans on what they would do if they had a time machine. I would go back to when these played in drive-ins and I would try and go to the drive-in to try and gauge reactions from folks. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. That would be a fun time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I could do the nasty in the past and be my own granddad at the drive-in. Oh, no, of course. <laughs> or no. <laughs> I was making a reference to Fry and it came out Court. sounding way more I, disgusting than I, I know. I, I, I know. I know. I <laughs> know. I'm just like, oh, court. That's that's a that's a clip. That's a that's a challenging wake, isn't it? Great, we got a clip of you want to fuck your grandmother and, and me trying to give children candy. This is not great. <laughs> it really is. And I um, um, one second here. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure this shit out. Um, fuck it. Never mind. I got nothing. I'm sorry. I had a thought, and it, it went away just as quickly. I hate when that happens. I was just talking about how the barrel was yeah. the only disappointing effect, but the implication was gross enough for me if that helped. Oh, I, yeah, okay, yes. You, you want to do a story or, or news? Which one do you want? Oh. Uh, which Which do you I'll think would you. be better padding? I'm, <laughs> I have nothing for story time. Do you want to do news? I have, I have literally nothing else either, so let's uh, l- uh, let me find a new story. Okay, well, just as a part of an outtake here, here is the song for story time that I made. Ready? All right. being the encouraging co-host you were always meant to be kick the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch (laughs) (laughs) all right whenever you're ready man all right all done here and recording stopped